Hello and welcome to another single late show. Your name is Michael Davis. Your name is Hannah Mills, y'all. So, so we're gonna weigh yeah. this out. How uh, there you you have brought a great topic today. Yeah. And there's there's a main reason that I want to talk about it, and there's reasons that you want to talk about it. Yes. You want to talk about a situation that's happening within your school district. You will not say the name. And what I want to talk about is when people are helping that you don't know about it. Okay? Yeah. So, without saying the name of your school board, school district, I want you to explain to the best of your ability what you understand is going on. And then I will come back in and kind of clean it up a little bit. Okay, so basically the school district is going to start following the line of some other in the, some other school district in the country of outing kids within three days of coming out to a teacher after after coming out to a teacher, so those students are going to lose a safe space entirely. May even their only safe space. Okay, so let's stop. We're going to do this piece by piece, okay? Okay. So it's your understanding that the school teach the school district is going to impose a rule that will require teachers to report to a student's parents information of them coming out at school. Yep. Okay, keep going. Within three days. Yes. So, explain to the view listeners what that means. Explain it. In your understanding. It means that students are going to be outed. We have gone over the conversation of outing on the podcast, I think, a couple of times. Yes. But I'm going to go over it again. So, I need you to help me. I am going to play devil's advocate for a minute. Okay. Okay? If a student shares in class their identity, is that not them coming out? Explain Explain the difference to me. It's the difference of them being in control of it and them not being in control. Okay. It's forced outing. Okay. So, you've made another good point, but now I want you to process it a little bit more. Okay? What is... How are they in control and not in control? If an individual shares their identity at school, they're in control of that narrative, right? Yeah, but the second it gets taken out of it by... Maybe perhaps their family not being a safe space and their teacher having to tell them. So they take the power away. Yes. By reporting to the parents. Yep. So, now, as I shared, I will share my understanding on things a little bit. And you can correct me after I'm done speaking like I did for you, okay? Okay. So, my understanding of this situation 
And even though I played the devil's advocate with the questions that I've asked you, I have a strong support of what you're sharing. Within this narrative, there needs to be a safe place that an individual can express their identity without the fear of a repercussion. Now, for many kids, that only safe place is the school environment. It's the environment where their friends are. It's an environment that the individuals that they trust, that they can process feelings and emotions through with, exist. So when a kid comes out in class, they are sharing their journey with an individual that they wholeheartedly trust. Yes. And it may not be to the whole class. It may not be to the teacher. It may just be to the teacher. I needed to add that. Yes. So then there becomes a second part of this narrative. And a second part of this narrative exists within this statement. There is a reality that there are not safe places at home to share that narrative. When you look at this situation, this uh, forced reporting, mandated reporting, and I as a professional that works within communities of people, I am held as a mandated reporter. Do you, do you know what a mandated reporter is? A mandated reporter is an individual that when they receive information that is life-threatening of an individual or they receive information about an individual that is happening to an individual that can create sustainable long-term harm, a mandated reporter has to report that. So when you move into these situations where individuals are talking about this force outing, there's a lot of attempts to intertwine mandated reporting into mandated outing. So there's a major difference between mandated reporting and mandated outing. Can I ask you a question? Yes. What long-term sustainable harm happens to you if I call you Brutus? If you came up to me in class and said, hey, would you please start calling me Brutus? Nothing. There's not a long-term harm. Is it a life-threatening situation if you come up to me and say, hey, can you call me Jumbo Bob Banana Banana Bing Bong the third? Is that a life-threatening thing? No. So, it's not. But a lot of these advocates, quote-unquote advocates, try to intertwine the concept of mandated reporting. Something an individual has to do. If an individual is existing within a life-threatening situation or a situation that can create long-term harm, and they intertwine it with this, I need to know. I need to know. So that's where this mandated outing actually is fostered. So now let's talk forward. What is the benefits of an individual having this safe environment to begin to grow into their identity? What what, what is the benefits of that? It's literally like the lack of stress. 
lack stress, of stress. Right. Explain the lack of stress. They're not worried about having to hide anymore. I suffer at home at times. Yes. Okay. But there's a place that they can be themselves. Yes. Okay, fair enough. And they can feel less um, dysphoric as well. When I came out to you guys, a, a lot of the pronoun dysphoria died out because I wasn't there was no see her. Now it was he, him, they, them. Uh-huh. Now, now I had the pronoun that I felt comfortable with and that I live in, that it's who I am. Yes. And then you were free to live that in every place that you are. Yep. But what empowered you was then you were able to go through this journey at your speed. Yep. At your And then suddenly, if we force out them, they lose it. They lose that bit of autonomy that LGBTQIA folks need. It's not a want, it's a need. So let me let me share one more thing in this narrative. That and, and it fits in with what you're sharing. We have a very, very dear friend whose name I will not share because I don't have permission, but I'm sure they wouldn't mind, but I don't have permission, so I won't share it. But they are an LGBTQIA plus advocate for a major denominational church. And this dear friend uses this phrase that I love. There's a phrase that has become a part of the American lexicon. It's the phrase is coming out. But our friend uses this phrase when she, pronouns she, her, she uses the phrase allowing in. Allowing in. A person does not come out. They allow you in to their story. And that's a very empowering statement to be allowed in to another person's story. And there's a lot of stealing that within this narrative. A lot of it. Yes. Because letting people in, it's arguably, for me, one of the biggest parts. Yes. Because the autonomy of deciding who you trust enough to have the information and who you have a feeling he will stab you with it and you don't let them in. That moves back into the trust factor. And individuals need a place of trust that they can go and evaluate and work through these things. They need places of trust. So your place of trust did not start with GAPD and I did it. It started with Rick Kane. It started with Rick Kane. But you needed that place of trust to process those things out with Rick Kane so that you could get to a place that you could share it with us properly and healthy in a healthy matter for you. Yes. Yes. So let's get back into this narrative about the force outing. 
that you are dealing with in, in your in your school board. Many times, and I will refrain of saying groups' names, but we all know them. Go, go Google them. I know them, but also I'm not ready to be sued. <laughs> yeah. So there's certain groups, there's certain quote-unquote advocacy groups that exist that send people out to different school boards, even though they do not actually have kids in that school board, school district, nor do some of these people that come and speak after actually live in that school district, and they send out individuals to impose their ideology. Yeah, and I, may I quote um, Dearest Mother from last night? And yet they say you're indoctrinating children. They, when they bring out the indoctrination, yes. We'll make that point in a minute. Why don't you make that point now? So, uh, get ready for a rant. So, you know how, uh, like a lot of the that they force kids into like um beauty pageants or anything that the parent would get the direct money from and not the child that that money not going directly into savings account for them that's a form of it um stuff on ads ads about showing what is, like, the nicest way I can tell it? Ads against LGBTQ. Uh-huh. And ads for... Pers- I'm gonna tell it this way. For specific religious groups. Uh-huh. Are formed of indoctrination. Can I speak towards that before you get away from it? Yes. So there's a catchphrase that gets thrown out, and it kills a lot of conversations. It's a phrase called grooming. Grooming, that also fits in with the word indoctrination. Now, grooming is when that you feed an individual only the information that you want them to have in order to have them live that specific way. So, for years upon years, I'll, I'll share this, I'll admit this, I have been traumatized by this in recent days. As a youth director, as a children's worker over the years, I very well-meaningly trying to help individuals have a good solid foundation to have something to believe in in their lives, but there's been ways that I have looked at my own work previously as a youth director, as a children's director, literally as a form of religious grooming. I have used the phrases, we need to give these children a solid solid uh, foundation while that they're young so that they can have something to live on their entire lives. So the indoctrination is, is a really huge thing and it exists within the religious contract as well. Yeah. Yeah. So go ahead. And it's through um, parents only sharing specific things, not opening 
their child up to the whole world. That they're people beyond sits hetero normativity. That they're people who are non-binary, who are trans, who are bi, who are everywhere on the um, sexual attraction spectrum and the romantic fraction spectrum that they don't open them up to see the world how it is not in black and white so I have been at school board meetings and I have heard the phrases such as I will teach my kids what I want them to know about that that's grooming I have heard phrases about, I will make sure my kids receive all the information they know about. That's grooming. I've seen it through efforts of extracting literature from, from libraries and the, the attacking of any structure that presents anything outside of what the parent wants the child to live. And a lot of these groups send out people to begin to attack the school board, threaten school boards, to extract literature from libraries, to uh, remove support systems for individuals, so that in the long run, the only thing that a person can be is what that person wants them to be. And that's a very dangerous, dangerous thing. Because the extraction of healthy information and the extraction of healthy research and healthy conversational points have has led to a lot of deaths and a lot of suicide. Yep. I'm I'm for my mental health I don't look up I don't look up the trans suicide rate. But I know it's high. I know how I know it's really, really high. And them going through with it would let add to the percentage and not ever subtract from it. Yes. And a lot of that has come from the extraction of the ability to have healthy conversations with knowledgeable sources in the process. Yes. Now, here's the thing. I'm going to get this thrown back at me. So I did not call people dumb. I did not challenge anybody's experience, but just because I don't know how to fly a plane and somebody else does, doesn't mean that I'm stupid. So when I say a knowledgeable source, I'm not saying that people are uneducated. I am saying that, I'm sorry, if you have the flu, don't come to me because I'm not a healthy, knowledgeable source to help you get through the flu. You're not a doctor. I'm not a doctor. So do you understand what I'm saying? Yes. But a lot of this work that's taking place is to extract away the healthy avenues that can help an individual find the knowledgeable in the context that the situations help that they need to journey through it. Yeah. Yes. So I want to I want to shift the conversation a little bit. Are you okay? Yes. So here's something that you don't know. Yesterday you came home and shared with me that hey, 
I learned about this from the Gay Straight Alliance. And thank God you still have a Gay Straight Alliance at your school. What I had not told you is for the better part of a week and a half that I and other members of a clergy coalition group that I'm a part of has been working on information and and data to send in either in in person to share or through emails to present to the school board at your school district. Hey, here's the facts that you need. Because this specific situation that's going on started from one specific church pushing its agenda. So we are stepping forward to show Hey, you've heard from this one faith group, but this one faith group does not hold the voice of every faith group. So what you don't know is sometimes there's unseen helpers doing work who's ready to sweep in and provide the help. Yes, which is also part of the reason why we're doing this podcast That's one of the reasons that we're doing this podcast is there's people that need these conversations and we can present these conversations over this podcast but what you what you need to know is that even in your unknowing the helpers have already started including the inspirational leader of the DWO will be present at the school board meeting to share facts and try to cut through some of the fear-based fiction yes yes so what else do you want to say about this? I'm going to let you have the closing comments. Okay. I'm going to be a slight show. That's going to read slightly aggressive and slightly calm. Or blunt. No, do not get us hoot. One of the two. That these people do think that they're helping. They don't know how much harm they're really doing. Because they have been indoctrinated by generations of generations of generations believing these things. We let me to help them have enough strength to read the facts and see the facts go to scientists and see the facts and see how real we are how real we actually are and we're not fixing. We are people. And we let me to help them see that we are people too. That they're not the only people out there. There's all different types. All of the colors of the rainbow. Yes. All of them. A grander spectrum than that they've been presented within their own lives and not completely realizing or understanding that the world does not fit their construct and if it doesn't fit that construct it's not something to cripple or dismantle but it literally is something to learn about to explore so that individuals who need proper help can receive that proper help now, one of the last things that I want to do, and many of you know the, the construct that exists within DWO Podcasting, is that we normally record these podcasts within our 
mobile recording studios and I am now currently in a place that I have free hands. Do you have my other phone? Can you reach my other phone? That I have free hands and I want to read to you some information that I will be presenting at this upcoming school board meeting that will be my narrative and then um single h if you're okay with it i i will make this the uh the conclusion of the podcast today if if you're okay with it yeah all right so next week when i go to um this meeting i i will be sharing the 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 following the the following um letter i'll 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 read this to you i am here this evening to express my concerns regarding a potential new policy that would require parental notification of requests from transgender students asking to be referred to as a different identity and gender than documented. As a community faith leader and parent of a transgender child attending one of your schools, I believe it is crucial to address this matter in a manner that respects and supports the rights and well-being of all students. Transgender youth has become the latest target of politically motivated hate speech across the landscape of the American culture wars. It is disheartening to witness the harmful effects of this rhetoric on well-being and safety of transgender individuals. We affirm, celebrate, and support trans people in their trans identities as made in the image of God and such deserving an unmitigated dignity and worth. Such rhetoric violates the dignity of trans people and places them at greater risk, especially trans youth. Nationally, LGBTQIA plus youth face disproportionately higher risk of homelessness, substance abuse, violent assault, and suicide. Evidence indicates that this is not due to their sexual orientation or gender identity, but is instead a consequence of a stigma they face, particularly when there is also a lack of support systems around them. Being trans cannot be reduced to a medical condition or a gender ideology. Rather, it is the wholly lived experience of millions of children and adults all over the world. Any actions or speech that erase or invalidates the experiences of trans and other LGBTQIA plus individuals not only malign the image of God, but also endangers the lives of our transgender siblings, especially young people. I fully understand the importance of maintaining open lines of communication between parents and the school district. However, I have a concern about the potential negative impact that this policy may have on transgender students, including my own child. 
requiring parental notification can create an unsafe and unsupportive environment for these students as it may lead to the outing of their gender identity before they are ready to share it with their families. I believe it is important to report any activity that may cause long-term harm to parents so they can properly care for them. However, requesting to be referred to by an alternate name does not pose any harm. In some cases, reporting such a request may actually cause harm in non-receptive homes. Transgender students often experience high levels of anxiety and face significant challenges in navigating their gender identities. It is crucial for schools to create an inclusive and affirming environment that respects their self-identified gender. By implementing a policy that requires parental notification, we risk undermining the emotional well-being and educational experience of these students. I urge this school district to consider alternative approaches that prioritize the safety and well-being of transgender students. This may include providing resources and support for students to express their gender identity in a manner that affirms their self-identified gender without the necessity of parental involvement unless explicitly requested by the student. I also encourage the school district to be in communication with agencies for materials and healthy steps to mediate this care. Furthermore, I would appreciate the opportunity to engage in productive dialogue with the district to understand the rationale behind this policy's proposal and to offer any insight and perspective that may contribute to more inclusive and supportive policy. Thank you for your attention in this matter. I believe by, by working together, we can create an educational environment that fosters in, inclusivity, respect, and understanding for all students. Respectfully, the DWO. Well, that was our wonderful single eight show for the tweet. Your name is... Michael Davis, your name is... Hunter Mill, y'all. Have a great week.